0: Room. I'm your host Bibbs, and here we're going to talk about music, inspiration, life, and everything in between. Now, here we go in
1: three, two, one. Hello, everyone. We are back with Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello. All right. Do you want to start us start us off by giving us a little? Background into you and your musical journey.
2: Oh, geez. Um, so, my name is Chris Carcetti. I'm in a band called Airspace. Um, I've been playing guitar since I was 11 years old. That was in, like, 2006. Um, I have started singing in 2010, roughly. Started writing music uh, about five years later. And here we are. I guess you know. Um, I started uh, playing guitar. I used to live in. I grew up in Florida. Um, I was born in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, but I moved to Sarasota, Florida, when I was about six. Um, So I grew up there, but then we moved back here when I was about seventeen. And I have been playing in a band ever since. Really, my first band was in Florida when I was sixteen. Um, and then I started a new one up here, and through some form or another. That turned into airspace in 2017.
0: The original band was the, the red, what was it called? My
2: original, I'll just say the the very original one. It's called the Red Lights. Yeah, the Red Lights, yeah.
0: yeah. I remember finding all those yeah. videos on YouTube.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's an Easter egg for <laughs> some puzzles that we have hidden in some yeah. certain artwork. So it's like, so like a few like... Uh, don't say the title. I'm not going to say the title. Because I, I want people to search them. I want people to find them. It with
0: the, a few like of those like... Like guess, like was it school concerts or something? Yeah, like I think
2: uh, yeah they were all just like battle the bands stuff. I think the one you found. And then was...
0: there was this, like ten where it was like you throwing like a ball like twenty yeah, feet we also... into like a trash can. <laughs> yeah, we did. And, we were like, we a dart on the mound and like like yeah. was it your roof or something? Yeah, we we, or, like, we, we were we
2: were on the the basketball trick shot thing early, and uh, what made you want to do that? Uh, Dude, perfect actually. Really? Yeah, because they were the originals, and yeah. uh, I saw that I was like and let's every do now that commercial. Yeah. And we did that for a little bit too. So it was it's a hybrid channel, you know. Uh different forms Music of and art. Trick shots. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> my two favorite art forms.
0: I'm surprised um, we did like a guitar hero or like Pokemon. That. Yeah, I mean that was yeah. I'm surprised
2: yeah. that was that's later on. That's that's more more to come from that. Um I think uh so yeah, is that enough of my musical journey yeah. to start to get going? Yeah. And, um, um,
1: so you started guitar when you were, you said eleven. About eleven, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What got you into that?
2: Um, I was introduced to rock, or just you know, I fell in love with rock music around that time through uh, mainly through uh, Tony Hawk, Pro Skater three and four, and uh, Guitar Hero. So between that and also I had recently become obsessed with the first band that i was obsessed with which was green day and um Classic. all of those things were just mm-hmm. you know it was a perfect storm so i eventually started guitar i took lessons for a couple of years and then once i could figure songs out on my own stopped doing that i just kind of ran with it um and then eventually i uh, i played you know my favorite band is the Killers, so i played a lot of the killers and just alternative rock songs for fun um but then i when I was in a band for a couple of years, I wasn't really happy with my technical skill, so I um I wanted to up my game a little bit, and I, f- I made myself learn a bunch of Metallica songs, and I learned uh, the James Hetfield rhythm parts because I couldn't do the Kirk Hammett parts, <laughs> but um but I made myself learn all those, and I was very strict to to those parts, and I had to downpick everything, and and just and that really um, helped me grow mm. to the next level, I think, and that helped me uh, get to the point where. I can write well within my skill ceiling. Like, the parts, you know, like airspace, we focus more on being tight and heavy. um, So, you know, it's not the most um, progressive or technical music, but uh, we could if we wanted to, especially Mm -hmm. now that Tyler's in the band.
1: (laughs) And you also teach, right? I do,
2: yeah, I have a lesson business called Red Falco Music, um, and that's what I do for a living, as of right now, and um, I've been doing that since 2018. Um, I teach all of the instruments that I play. Mm. Um, that's been great. I'm very, I feel very fortunate that I can do that for a living. Yeah. Um. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. So, do you kind of emulate what you the teaching style of what how you were taught, or like? Yes. Do, do you have question. like how do you teach?
2: Yeah, I I I, I do a lot. I emulate um I went to a teacher in Florida his name was Tony Shepard mm-hmm. and he his teaching method was uh he didn't make me learn technical things from the bat, from the get go um he just asked me what I wanted to play and he would help me play those songs yeah. which was great cuz you know it's it you know in the modern in like for what I wanted to do it was a lot mm-hmm. more practical than just learning sheet music and scales and stuff yeah. and it was a lot more fun and rewarding so I Whenever I get a new student, I'll just gauge where they are skill-wise. You know, I get a lot of beginners, but I also get a lot of uh, intermediate players. Mm-hmm. So I'll just gauge their skill level and where they're at on the, you know, the scale. And I will see if they can, or I'll ask them what they want to learn, and I'll either adapt the song to their skill level to some extent so that they have fun with it, mm-hmm. or I'll just teach them the mm-hmm. song if they're able to. All so.
1: right. Controversial question. Yes. Do you think everyone could be a musician um or do you think there's like some people who are born with the talent
2: yeah i mean i definitely think it's you know on a a sliding Uh scale but i think once you get past a certain point on that scale it's kind of it's not like no you can't absolutely yeah but Mm -hmm. it's to the point where it would take so much work and effort and time that it's not really worth it have you ever had
1: a student that you're like all right maybe you should pivot into something else
2: yeah i've i've almost i've had a couple where i've almost done that but then i i just i pushed through it and um really just worked with them and tried to figure out what they needed the most um because they really enjoyed it and i didn't want to quit on them so i've worked through there have definitely been a couple students that i'm very proud that i (laughs) got Mm -hmm. them to the point that they're at but um yeah, I've never had to outright tell anyone that they shouldn't do it because of, like, skill or anything. The only thing I've had to do is if some people will come to me with, like, with students as young as five years old. So sometimes I'll just say, like, maybe we should wait a little bit. Yeah. You know? And some people have started at five and hit the ground running, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And then some I've just said that we should wait a little bit and maybe come back in, a, like, six months or a year. And that's, that has happened, you know? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so I guess no. You know, I think everyone can be a musician. I guess it just depends on the quality of a musician you are, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because like, that's subjective, right?
0: <coughs> you, you could either be a Frank Zappa or a, do you know the band, The Shags? Not off the top of my head. It's actually Frank Zappa's favorite band and they're yeah. awful. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. It's like three girls that yeah, don't yeah, play yeah. their instruments. Kirk mm-hmm. yeah, Kurt Cobain liked them too. Like oh, really?
3: hmm
1: So, you started on guitar, mm-hmm. but you're well-versed in other instruments?
2: I like to think so. I would, I <laughs> would, I guess I would say so. Uh-huh. Um yeah i play drums bass and keyboard or piano
1: do you think that's like Um, a vital part in writing music and starting a band
2: it definitely makes things a lot easier Uh and allows you to um you know go down avenues that you would have like if it it just removes obstacles really is all it is um so if i want to write something on a certain or even if like you're in a space that only has one type of instrument and you want to write something down or, or Mm -hmm. flesh it out. You know, if I couldn't play piano and there's only piano in the room, you know, then that might limit my ability to write a song. So, um, it's really just giving myself more options when possible. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I would say, um, I'm easily like most proficient in guitar relative to the others, but drums are my favorite to play. Really? So, yeah, every time you
0: play drums, yeah. I was like, "I
2: love it yeah, so <laughs> much." Dude, just, guitar is so boring, dude. I want to play drums all the time. So, so, so. why not what if
1: you can hit the
3: drums?
2: Um, I don't know. No one I've played with or met likes singing, so I've just had to sing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and I, um, which I like singing very much as well. Yeah. But I think um, I've just by the result of the universe every time i've been in a band i've always had mm. to be the guitarist singer um so yeah which i enjoy very much as well but there's something about the drums man be the,
1: they did that at um when we saw you guys at the flying v the band before you guys like yeah, I mean, their I've, members swapped.
2: i've had that happen oh, really with S- past okay. lineups and stuff where we were able to switch a little yeah it was never to the point where it was entertaining
3: uh-huh. but it's always
2: it's always fun you know yeah <laughs> um you know i always uh, do that with uh with school of rock yeah we could do that you could play bass and brady could play guitar and i could play drums we could do that if we had rehearsal we could just yeah. jam on something like that it'd be fun
0: like I, w- I would think for the most part like most of the songs like technicality wise like i'm physically able to learn them yeah i
2: agree
1: um, All right, so Airspace, we got two of the boys yeah. right here. Two thirds of it. Right. Brady should be on yeah. maybe in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. So, from an outsider looking in, it seems like the man is very like conceptual. You know, you've got your look, you've got everything. First off, how did you get the name Airspace?
2: Um. So. I wanted to change the name from the previous name that it was before. There's a name between the red lights and airspace that I don't like to mention because it's still a little too close, and I want to distance from it. But, uh-huh. um, but I wanted to change from that name because it sounded more like a metal band um, than anything.
0: W- wasn't it like a met- kind of like a metal cover band before?
2: Well, it wasn't a full-on cover band. We just learned a lot of Metallica songs. We never played a show without original music. Okay. Um, we made a point to do that. And we f- we switched you know as fast as we could, but um, but we did start with a lot of Metallica songs um, but yeah, we were never a full on cover band, but we so then I you know parted ways with the those members of the band, and I was kind of just restarting the band and I wanted to I was thinking of doing a new logo, but then I'm like, why don't I just do a new name um, and the name airspace, it just the idea of open spaces. And, um, and the, just, I guess the, the sense of freedom you get, you know, it mm-hmm. sounds pretty <laughs> heady, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I just like the, that feeling and I, I thought of the word and I thought it was a really cool word. I was really just like throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks yeah. and the word airspace stuck in my head and the feeling that that openness gives me excited me. So, and I thought it pairs well with the music I wanted to, mm-hmm. r- to write. So yeah, stuck with it. And we get the alphabetical advantage too. So that's always a positive
1: that is true and so going into creating this Mm -hmm. band what what was your like initial idea for what you wanted it to look like
2: i think where we are now this is the most fleshed out it's been and i'm very excited and grateful for that Mm because uh brady and tyler are the first two people that uh you know one, understand what I'm going for, and two, enjoy and support it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I just want something that's um, unapologetically uh, exciting and pretty or beautiful, whatever term you want to use, because I think there's a lot of stuff a lot of bands now, it seems like there's some underlying and that's fine. Like that's, I totally understand it. I think it's very necessary, but it seems like almost every band has no matter what they look like or how bright and colorful they may be in whatever specific situation. It seems like there's always like an underlying, uh, layer of either cynicism or irony to it that I, that I haven't Mm -hmm. been able to find anyone that really doesn't have that. Um, and so I just want to want us to be a fun, exciting band. Um, that's nice to listen to and look at I guess I like the colors so (laughs) Um, yeah I think that's really the best way to put it if I had to
1: I think you guys are pretty fun and exciting (laughs) thank you if I do say so myself we try and now you guys are working on your second album Mm -hmm. when writing the whole album is there like are you just writing fun and exciting music is there any like story how do you like conceptualize a whole album
2: that's a good question um i haven't gotten to the point where i've wanted to write a a, an album that is a quote-unquote concept album you know that all just flows Mm -hmm. and is a story in itself um but i definitely do put a lot of thought into sequencing the album or the order of the tracks you know um so like for the first album I was thinking about putting uh, our song "Too Live to Be Human" on the song or on the album, um, just because that was that was on the demo, and a lot of people like that song live, and um, and it was one of like the f- one of like my first best songs I've ever written, quote unquote. You know what I mean? So I I love that song a lot, and I'm very proud of it. And so I was like, well, that's got to be on the first album, but I couldn't find a good spot for it on the album, uh-huh. you know, without it being kind of jarring or uh, it just felt like it was forced in there. Yeah. So I just left it off, you know, as, as much as that mm-hmm. hurt to, to leave it out. Deluxe album. I do actually bad. have. I did do a playlist on Spotify. I have to put that on the on the profile, but I do have a all the way up deluxe edition <laughs> somewhere on my personal Spotify. And it has but, like it's like all the album plus like was the like two the B sides. It has all the the B sides from the singles, and then Two Alive closes the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you gotta make that like a physical copy thing. Yeah, oh, yeah it, that'd be that be awesome. I'm down. Um but so with an album you know I I do think about how it uh, exists as a whole you know as a singular piece Um, but the songs themselves you know you kind of hyper focus on those and then you you write as many good ones as you can and then you take a step back and think about which one like you just take the best of the best and just either leave the ones aside or save them for a B-side or something else I I haven't brought I haven't been able to bring myself to write an original as a B-side because like seems like such a, mm-hmm. a waste of a song. So that's why we do covers as B-sides. Um, but yeah, I mean, I told Tyler, like um, all the songs I've shown him and Brady, um, those are the ones that I filter out myself. Cause if I'm at home and I'm, I've been lately the last six months or so, every time I write a song, I make myself finish it. So those, there are songs that I did finish that Tyler and Brady haven't heard, but I just don't feel like they're up to snuff with mm-hmm. the band. You know what I mean? So, um, so according to them, I'm about a thousand, like I'm, I'm <laughs> like I'm only bringing them, but uh, there are songs that I've, you know, not too many, but, yeah. um, I want everything to be the best it can. So, um, I'll finish a song and bring it to Tyler and Brady and they'll usually have some really solid input with stuff. Um, Brady's writing more of this album as well. So we're going to be working on a song he wrote next in the studio. So it's all just, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I guess I, I like to just try and write songs I've never heard or w- always wanted to hear from bands. And
1: right. so, do you start with like creating guitar riffs, go from there, or are you writing lyrics first?
2: Um, it's you know, it's it's the, I guess mm-hmm. the the cliche answer is it's different every time. But lately, I've been trying to kind of just write hooks and then go from there. Because if I write a guitar riff. Or a lyric itself, or, um, or like a bass line or something. If mm-hmm. I just write that and then don't do anything with it, I'll just let it sit there and not do mm-hmm. anything with it because it's, you know, that's like one percent. It's just there's so much to add onto it. Yeah. So I try to just keep the momentum going from the start, and I'll write chords with the lyrics, with the vocal melody, you know, as a chorus or a verse or something, mm-hmm. and then I'll go from there and just run with it. Um, and that has seemed, at least personally, to help a lot. So, um, like, I think, yeah, the song that we're working on now, our next single is called Belladonna, and I wrote that chorus first, and um, and then I kind of worked backwards and wrote the verse, and then the way it's structured was kind of a natural flow, which I'm really happy with. But it kind of, you, you get the momentum going, so the song can kind of do the work for you. And, um, which... A lot of sometimes that that's really easy, and it happens naturally, and other times it's a pain in the ass, you know, and you gotta really drag it like get the most out of it um and claw for it but um yeah, it's different every time, but I'm trying to you know just increase my odds of mm-hmm. having something right. inspire me a certain way so it's it's really just like a if you sit down at the same spot every like consistently, you're gonna get good yeah. results at some point you yeah. know and you just it's almost like a muscle.
1: So when your goal is to write an album, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've experienced some sort of like writer's block. You know, how do you yeah, cope sure. with that? I mean, I'm sure like you don't really have like a time or a deadline. Yeah, tr- writing an album. So yeah, I try I guess to. That's g- forgivable. There's for some forgiveness there.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I try to g- give us deadlines just so we're not, you know, because if if yeah. we don't have deadlines ourselves, then no one's gonna tell us when to do it. And so yeah. you wanna. Be pretty active or stay as active as you can. But you're right. Um, I think, uh, again, with like the whole sitting down and writing consistently, um, even when you have writer's block, just doing something is the way to go. I I heard, uh, I forget where I heard it, but I've been using this a lot. It helps. Um, If I can't think of anything, I'll just write something even if I think it's bad because then it's something and I definitely know how to edit things. That already yeah. that's a lot easier than thinking of something from nothing you know so I'll just write something down that I don't even think is that good mm-hmm. and then from there I'll make it better in parts and then eventually it's something that I like mm-hmm. and then sometimes that'll send me from like the verse or, or like say that's the verse and then I go to the chorus and then the chorus is up to snuff but then I look back and I completely redo the verse so the original idea is no longer there mm-hmm. but it's a tool you know mm-hmm. so you just gotta power through it it really is frustrating and it is almost physically painful at times. Yeah. But um,
1: have you ever written something and then like gone back and you're like, that is so cringy. Um, so I've been, happens, I've been. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, uh, if I write like poetry, I'll like go back. Even oh, you like, mean
2: like that I haven't released, just in general. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for I sure. I have
1: like my notes app is just mm-hmm. I have a bunch of writing, Same. and then like I'll go back to stuff I've written like months ago, and I'm like, where did that come yeah. from? <laughs> yeah. Why yeah, did definitely. I think
2: that was good? Mm-hmm. Or like a line that I thought sounded super yeah. badass, and I listen and I read it when the sun's out, and it just is horrible you know (laughs) so um it must have been something at like 2 a.m i'm like dude this is it i got it and then you go back and it's the worst thing you've ever (laughs) you know so so yeah for sure i tried like i've luckily i've not released anything that i
1: that's good cringe at which i'm
2: relieved at least at this point i have (laughs) um but uh yeah for sure
1: before you release something how many people do you show it to to get some sort of like group approval or is it just, like, I know that's going to be
2: good, I want it? Yeah, I mean, without sounding pompous, I, t- I generally mm-hmm. know whether or not, like, it's going to be... You know, if there's something I'm confused about, like, I kind of just go by my instinct, I guess. Yeah. Because if there's a part um, that I'm, like, stuck on or I'm questioning or I'm unsure of, yeah, I'll take it. Um, obviously, Brady and Tyler, I'll run it past them. But um, my dad also is someone I'll I run almost all of our music past. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, if there's anything That stands out to him He'll let me know Because he has the best ear I know Mm -hmm. Of anyone really Um, And he's always been a great judge Of just good songs Mm -hmm. No matter the genre or anything Or time period Um, So yeah definitely my dad Uh, My my good friend Alex Who was originally in uh, The whatever form of the band um, He lives out in LA now He's always been my my creative partner for for years, um, so I'll usually run stuff through him as well. And he's in a band too, so he runs stuff through me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's just my core, you know, circle of loved ones. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You
1: know. How important would you say is like brutal honest honesty mm-hmm. when like someone comes to you or you go to someone else and you show them something? Like, mm-hmm. are you the type to be like, I'm? I don't know what you just played. Like I'm not vibing (laughs) with
2: it. No, I mean, I, um, yeah, I mean, I I haven't been in that situation too many times, but I, but you know, um, I think it's important. I try not to, if I do hear something that doesn't like, you know, leave me elated or anything, I'll always find the positive in it. Mm -hmm. And I'll really just try and say like Mm -hmm. that part of this is the thing you want to focus on. So take that, and really, just expand upon yeah. that, you know, because yeah. um, there's always something positive and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, there's always at least a small thing. Um, so I think, you know, I'm always brutally, brutally, brutally honest with myself. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason too why I don't feel the urgent need to go check with other people, right. you know, because I've also studied the music that I enjoy so much mm-hmm. um, to almost what I would probably call an unhealthy amount that I, I know like almost to an objective level. that like, this mm-hmm. is going to be better than this. And if I write this part this way, it's better than I how I had it originally or, mm-hmm. um, or the average listener would probably enjoy it this way whatever. So um, I'm always very brutal with myself. Like I've cut out parts of songs that I thought as like single units were my favorite part. Um, but I've cut them out of the song cause it just doesn't work with the song, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so even if I like a certain thing on its own, if it doesn't serve the song, I'll cut it out cause it yeah. just hurts the song, you know?
1: So are you writing music to like, obviously you write music that you like, but is it mostly writing music that l- emulates whatever sound you're trying to get? Or is it, do you have a target audience and you're like, I want to write music that this audience is going to like?
2: It's definitely what I want to hear. Cause if uh-huh. you, um, even if you did want to target an audience, if it's not, you know, if it's not what you produce naturally or what you want to hear yourself, it's, You know, it's bound to, at the very best, that's how you become like a one-hit wonder, I would say, because even if you're just guessing at what people want to hear, you just got lucky. You know what I mean? So you can't consistently reproduce that, so the odds Mm -hmm. of you staying successful for a um, long amount of time are very small, if not non-existent. So I think you, I definitely write stuff that that excites me and I enjoy listening to, Mm -hmm. um, just because I think that's the... um, the most what's the reliable way to do yeah. it you know
1: so then i'm i'm guessing like when it comes to if you get criticism from an audience mm-hmm. are you really taking that in if you know like this is solid music that i like yeah yeah you know
2: yeah i mean obviously yeah, i'll always listen to things like that and i'll yeah um i'll take it into consideration for sure and there have been times where it has been a help and i've you know changed certain things uh whether it's like from like a performance standpoint or a songwriting I've, i'm you know songwriting that's kind of like mm-hmm. you know i i i'll listen to or I'll like if I it's not like criticism more more so but if I'm listening to like an interview with a songwriter that I really admire and he or she says something that goes against what I have been doing consistently I'll be like oh shit I should probably Change that around yeah. or try it this way instead, you know? So, again, it's never like, I'm like, well, he, what does he know? Like, I'm not, it's, mm-hmm. I try to take my ego out of it completely just so I can write and create the best stuff possible. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, I'll take stuff into consideration. Um, but, you know, I, I'm pretty set on what I want to produce and create, so.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about you two meeting, yeah, and the chemistry that has sparked this. Yes. since.
0: we met on uh, on Vamper or uh, Band Tinder. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> great.
0: Or uh, one of my friends calls it Bender.
2: Yeah, like short for Band Tinder. Mm-hmm. Tyler's profile picture had a picture of him playing drums and a shirt that said "Straight Up Mama's Boy." Yeah, straight right? up Mama's yeah. Boy. Yeah, and I was like, this "Is my guy." This is I think that
1: was on your Bumble too. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was on all my dating
2: apps too. Yeah, it's a great picture. You know, I don't
3: blame him. I am a um, mama's boy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Are. I'm a mama's boy. is a badass picture.
2: He's ripping on the kit with that shirt.
0: It, that was. I think it was so funny. Like I had that shirt, and that, that's when I had like my uh my my kit that I nicknamed the Beast because I had mm-hmm. every drum, like every piece of drum equipment on that kit. Yeah. I had like <laughs> I had like five crashes, I had like kill. two hi hi-hats, two kick drums, like seven toms, two snares, mm-hmm. like five splashes, two chinas, two rides, I had like everything. Mm-hmm. Then I had my octopad on the side. Yeah. <laughs> <A> MacBook.
1: <laughs> so And then
0: straight up Mama's boy.
1: Had mm-hmm. you um what do you you audition each other? Is that what? Yeah, I or mean, just like meet up to jam. Like, how many yeah. drummers have you? Oh God, tried out too many before you landed on this one.
2: Too many. I, uh, yeah. oh Jesus, I think that were like what you could call officially in the band. Mm-hmm. Tyler's, I think, uh, the fifth or sixth. Wow. Um. Yeah. So it's been a nightmare. <laughs> um. So when tyler showed up i'm like dude where the hell have you been and i realized like, he was 19 so he was a child he was literally just a child <laughs> the whole time so um yeah, like
0: like uh, back when you started the band i was like i was in middle school yeah <laughs> like, come on man hurry up
2: um you just grow up already but yeah so we had uh you know we, when you start with a drummer you just i asked him to like record himself playing a couple songs mm-hmm. and he got those to me the same day which was a great sign um and i think i got
0: them to you the day after well like within 24 hours for sure yeah yeah yeah. um i felt so bad i was like i should have done that the day of i was (laughs) like
2: i was like oh man that was great and then they the covers killed obviously Mm -hmm. um and so we brought them in and here we are it was awesome we and you learned things like you played shows with us way earlier than we were expecting to remember um because we thought Cause we had someone who was filling in and helping us out for like the first couple shows of the tour we had booked. I think um,
0: he played like the, like the first, like
2: he played two, two shows he
0: played. Yeah. It was the first show. And then I played the next show. Mm-hmm. And, and then the show after that, I think, I think the only reason I didn't put that show is cause it was a 21 and up and yep. you didn't want to risk me going yeah, all the way. Cause it was New York a, exactly. Yep.
2: Um, and not being able to play the show. Yeah, you're exactly right. So yeah, Tyler was already hitting the ground running. I think, like we ch- we jammed for the first time in like late February and this first show was uh, March twenty fifth, I believe. Was the first date. time
0: we jammed was I think it was like early March.
2: Late
3: February.
0: I think it was February twenty fifth.
2: <laughs> Here we go. So exactly a month later. I believe. Was I believe This is the first show. Um
1: No we should mix. that was our first date.
2: Well you guys started dating like this like the second he joined the band. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So it might be the same day. <laughs> no, I, <said> <laughs> no, I remember yeah. um, the first one. It explains saw why he was remembers was it. right
0: after. Yes, uh, right after I the I remember
2: first show, that. Right after yeah, the show. <laughs> that was that was March twenty fifth. Yeah, <laughs>
3: that was
2: I know these dates. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, he 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 caught on very quickly, to yeah. say the least, and uh, it's been great. And it's already been a year, which is crazy. To yeah. think about. Um.
0: I, I'm keeping track of all the dates. Yeah. So I, like, when March 25th passed by, I was like, it's been a year. Yeah. I think I, I, think I told you, you know,
2: like Yeah, we were in the studio. Yeah. Remember?
1: So, what what are you looking for in your bandmates?
2: I always say, uh, you know, since I've gone through this many and have always had to look for new ones, I'm glad to finally be done with that. Um, I always say they have to have three things, and that's they have to be committed they have to meet a skill level, you know, and you have to like them. And every drummer before Tyler had two of those three things, mm-hmm. you know, one or the other. Uh, and Tyler's the first one to have all three. So uh, I think that was, at the, at the core of it, that's really what yeah. you want in <laughs> a bandmate, for sure. Oh, man, what was I going to
0: say? I'm not a mind reader, I don't know. <laughs> I have such a good question.
1: Um, was it about band numbers? Yeah, oh... Goodness
0: gracious!
1: Come Hold on, on. Get, get out of you. Hold on. So We're I don't so know, Ty. You, you, you
2: get, we've been playing so much together. You can basically read my mind at this point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel
0: like sometimes when you're playing with somebody for so long, like, yeah, it sure. feels like you could like read each other's mind. Yeah, like, that's like, also like, with like what you want to play when you're jamming and stuff. Yeah,
2: that's also why I like to rehearse as much as possible because that just mm-hmm. it, like just gets you to that point. Yeah, more so it keeps you there. You can never rehearse too oh.
1: much. So since airspace has this, you know, it's very, like, like I was saying, it's a concept, it has its color palette, its sound, all of this stuff. Um, And I feel like a lot of that, like, obviously, you say you love the killers you want in a way to emulate that sound. I've heard that from Tyler. Um, How, I know, like, with previous people we've talked talk to in bands, a lot of it is like, um, you know, your uh, teamwork and just like collective thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so how much of that do you think is in airspace or is it more like you want your ideas to come to life?
2: I think it's both at the same time, yeah. you know, cause they can definitely coexist. Um, and I think just the dynamic that, that it started with, cause I had however many songs written, you know. Even when Tyler joined, the first album was already out, um, and I'd already written a couple songs for the next one. So it's just the way the flow is going is I'm writing most of the stuff, and then um, you know I bring it to Brady and Tyler, and we just flesh it out as much as we can. And that just seems like that just seems to work the mm-hmm. best, you know. So it's everyone's feeling the best and getting the most out of it. And we're just able to stay productive that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brady's writing, he always has, but we're we finally have time to like. Because um, when Brady joined, we I was like already making the first album, and um, luckily we were able to put "Crush" on the first album because it, it's a great song. And um, yeah, it just worked out that way that we, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but now we can sit down and like look through Brady's stuff more as well, and I can both collaborate with him and I'll just have him bring me yeah. full songs because I love him as a songwriter um so I think you know it's I guess we we don't really like plan it out you know um it's just kind of how the machine works best you know mm-hmm. um but the thing that we do make sure to do is whenever I write something or mm-hmm. Brady's written something or mm-hmm. um like with the song that Brady re- wrote uh we're gonna be recording soon too called Roswell um we try to just play it as much as we can um, because that just naturally brings the song to life more, whether it, it just, or it, you know, it, it shapes the song. You kind of let the song do its thing um, because we like the song Belladonna, we recorded a demo for it in the studio. How many months ago now? Um, and we just started over because we'd played it live so many times at this point that it, you know, it kind of had some different elements to it. So, um, we try to mm-hmm. let the song kind of breathe and exist yeah. as much as we can. You know, if we yeah. want to get it out quickly, we do like say was the, probably the quickest song that mm-hmm. like Tyler was in the room with me when I wrote say, and so you saw every second of that song's oh. existence. So that was cool. That was the first time anybody see me write a song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that was in like November that I wrote it. Yeah. And then it was out, you know, whenever it just came out I think April 22nd. Um, so that was easily the quickest between writing and releasing a song um, to date. Um, so, But that was a challenge in itself because we didn't have much time to flesh it out, so we just had to kind of you know, get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's one thing we try to do the most is let the song do its thing.
1: Gotcha. And how long does it take to play a song? Because it, it seems like you guys have like at least two practices a week mm-hmm. playing the same set. How long does it take to get sick of a song?
2: <laughs> um ooh, I don't know. I mean I guess
0: it's a sick time. of sort Yeah, exactly. sort <laughs>
2: of <I, I>, Luckily, <laughs> yeah, that's always a good sign. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Was there a song that I'm like i like, definitely like recently like, was like, "Hey, I'm of am of playing of playing that you remember you remember, like, I forget which one of one which was. I mean, I sh- maybe I shouldn't say it, but um, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely stuff. Um, I feel like I remember f- you... The one talking about something we put in the set recently, we hadn't played it in a while. Remember, four words okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that song I got a little fatigued of. I wouldn't say I dislike it or I'm tired of it, yeah. but mm-hmm. that's the first time in uh, four years of playing oh, wow. it that I was you know a little tired of it. Um, and it's not really it's it's less being tired of a song and more, like, eager to get to new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because we, like, uh, yesterday we played, uh, we focused on some new stuff yesterday, and it just makes me feel, at least me personally, I don't know, Ty, if you feel the same way, but, um, I don't know, you just feel kind of rejuvenated and, like, you're moving forward and making progress, and it just feels better, naturally, than to go back and mm-hmm. just rehearse stuff you've been rehearsing for years, you know? Yeah.
1: So. Um so after you've accumulated all the songs you want on the album do you Mm. think even after you're done writing a song are you ever like that's going to be the big hit
2: um as much as we can say i guess you know i think well yeah i definitely have standouts on an album Mm -hmm. i would say um i've definitely
0: mentioned like like saying like this one's gonna be going be like a big hit. <laughs> when, I heard, when the next song comes out, it's like, yeah. dude, this one's gonna be a big hit. Dude, the next one's like, dude, this one, this one. That's gonna the be... goal is to keep it. Yeah. When I heard every song is gonna be against the
1: wind, I was like, that's gonna be the big hit. Oh, thank hit. you. You're like, uh, no, I think it's gonna be Belladonna, and I was like, I. Uh, I kept I've on telling you I, I was, like, <laughs> just <laughs> wait, just wait for this third one. No, I. Well, like,
2: you've probably heard the demo Belladonna. Yeah. Which and the live version, yeah. I guess, but I'm, not I'm excited for you to. But I'm glad you feel that way because yeah. I was. That's funny you say that because, as much as I love Against the Wind, I was a little like, um, once we finished it, it, it ripped more than I was mm-hmm. expecting it to, which is good. But, um, but yeah, I was worried because that song technically, in my eyes, doesn't have a chorus, and so I was kind of worried that like it's the first song from the yeah. new album. I'm like, I'm gonna I hope think this
1: like the guitar parts are really catchy, like right when you start like, I'm like, I'm like. And then the when you come in, I I don't know. I think just like the music of it is really catchy, even if you're like, it doesn't have a, chorus. I think. Yeah, I do
2: love playing that one live. Yeah, that's probably the hardest song to play live in our in our catalog, but oh, it's so much fun. Um, I would say, at least for me
0: for me that that song is pretty easy for me just because yeah i mean it's it's pretty just
2: forward yeah you just gotta be i would say it's just a tight thing for you
0: i don't think there's any songs in the entire discography that are, that are like physically hard but like i, would I think there's, there's ones i have to think about more than other ones yeah
2: exactly and i think it's just as like a all three are like that song is very like all the parts are woven together a lot more than other ones and it's very specific or yeah like you have to you have to focus more you know for yeah. sure um Cause, I guess the guitar wise, it is the most technically challenging. But like, like I said, it's nothing. It's not yeah. like I'm pushing my limits or anything. Um, Do you have
1: like your favorite song you've ever written?
2: Oh man, yeah, I have a couple that are up there. Um, I th- it's tough between like favorite and what I think are the best ones I've written. Um, they usually go hand in hand. W- one of my favorites that I'm most proud of is Tillicum for sure. Um, like artistically, I'm very proud of that song. Um, and just the, just the the meaning of it in the context. Um, but uh, I definitely think Monaco was number one for a while. I think Belladonna might be the first song to come along and possibly dethrone Monaco. I think at least in our catalog. <laughs> but um, but we'll see. Okay, uh, the people are the, the judge of that.
0: It's gonna be the first one to reach a million streams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be rad.
2: Um, so yeah, uh, Monaco will always. Hold a place in my heart for sure because I think that was, um, that seemed like I kind of broke through a certain threshold in songwriting, mm-hmm. at least for what I was hoping to get out of myself, you know. Um, I do love Bell- Belladonna a lot, um, so I'm excited for everyone to hear it. I know this is frustrating, like you mentioned, that song we haven't put it out yet, but um, yeah, Against the Wind's fun, um, yeah, Neon Gemini, um, people seem to re- respond to that one more than i was expecting which is good um because that seems to be probably our most popular song right now i feel like a lot um, of
0: people even though it's like not doesn't have as many like streams as like monica yeah i feel like a lot of people get drawn to it mainly because it's the first track on the first album yeah so yeah I feel I, like that's I, one I, reason why people mm-hmm. like are like oh like that's what the
2: first song that everybody's going to be hearing if they just click. Yeah, play it's on like the, the intro. That's a good point. Yeah, um, which I mean, you know, I was that's why I put it as the first song because I'm like, if yeah. anyone's gonna like, if that's gonna be the first thing they hear, I want it to be that one. Yeah. It's also
0: good for a radio plays. Like when people mm-hmm. listen to like, like, if you send like an album to like a radio station, yeah, they're not going to listen to the entire thing. They listen to maybe like the first, yeah, least exactly. three songs, if that, maybe two, that, two, that, two songs. Yeah. So so like the first song or two isn't like one of the good ones or catchy ones. They're just mm-hmm. going to be like, okay, I'll just put this in the pile with like a hundred other ones. Yeah,
2: and that goes back to the sequencing thing. Right. So I, um, and like Tyler said about the killers, like obviously I, you know, I'm a big influence. I, I try not to emulate their sound, but I, they're definitely like my guiding light mm-hmm. with whatever I do. Cause they like their music is the closest to what I've wanted to hear. It's like as close to perfect in my mind as yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, so it's more so like I don't wanna write the killer's stuff. I just like that's the closest to what I would like to create, right. you know what I mean? Um, so with sequencing though, like where would, like Monaco, I always thought that was like the you know, that was the the go to I guess for the album. Um, not that the other songs aren't mm-hmm. that, that I don't think they're I'm proud of them or anything, but um I put Monaco at track number two specifically because the killers like that seems like the slot, you know, for like the the big song or the the one that you want to hit the hardest. Like track number two seems like a sol- and other bands do that as well.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like the but, spot for like like the song you want to really like be like the song for the album. I feel like the, somewhere in the first like third of the album. Is like oh yeah, for sure the
2: A side. It. Yeah, so side or side one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then even like, you know, I always say with uh, all the way up. I feel like the song the album goes through like a day night cycle like the first couple songs feel like daytime songs at least in my head and then the second half is a little darker and more uh mm-hmm. I, feel um, I can definitely hear um, that yeah especially once you hit like treading light that's definitely like a nighttime song in my opinion <laughs> but um and then it's just the big finish with uh, the fall um, i definitely wanted a big finish it seems like a lot of I, I've, a lot of albums that i like a lot uh sometimes it seems like the big finish isn't a thing which is weird to me. Um, the killers do it, but um, yeah, just yeah, seems. So I'm like it's a live show. Yeah, exactly. It's a set list, essentially, right? A permanent yeah. set list, <laughs> forever. Um, so you want it to count. So,
3: so I
1: forget the
2: original question though, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when it comes to marketing a band, yeah, how do you s- how do you start? You know, and mm-hmm. how do you get to the place you are now where? You're you could play shows, and you know your name is known.
2: Yeah, I mean, so that's the the big question. That's um, a, the degree comes in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So when it, you gotta find the balance between, um, like business and art, which is tough. It's very tart. It's very difficult. Um, and I think. Th- through cuz you have to think of the business side if you're going to get anywhere unfortunately as much as it is a bummer and a slog right it's mm-hmm. it's necessary um at least in the beginning for you to do it yourself um so it's you got to like through all the trials and tribulations of the business side you have to keep the art part isolated and in its own bubble so that it doesn't get negatively affected or polluted by the difficulties of the business side, you know? Um, so excuse me. keeping the, the vision kind of in the front of your mind, that's really important. Um, I think sometimes I kind of have to check in with myself again and make sure I'm like producing down a certain direction that I knew I mm-hmm. I wanted to go from the beginning um, instead of just like, okay, we need this many songs. I got to write these songs. I really want to make sure I'm, writing the best I can and then just making each song the best it can be in every way. Um, And then also sometimes there are things that I forgot I wanted to do in the beginning. Like when Tyler was talking about painting a kit, like one of the spare kits they had, I'm like, oh shit, wait, I remember I wanted to do something with a kit originally and I forgot about it because people before Tyler didn't want to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just kind of had to put it on the back burner for so long. Um, And I was like, that's right. I wanted to paint a kit. And then we did this flower thing I'm like, so let's put flowers on the kit. I'll put them on my amp and then Brady put them on his amp. Um, so that was, that was great. That we we're able to flush that out finally. Um, but you got to remember all that sometimes. Sometimes I'll write stuff down that I yeah. like, that I really want. So I make sure I don't forget that I wanted it, you know, which sounds weird, but um, I'm sure there are things I'm not remembering, you know, now that I will hopefully, um, so keeping the vision alive for lack of a better term, I think is one of the biggest things to do. Otherwise it kind of, that's like the the engine, mm-hmm. you know, deep down. Um, so I'd say that's the most important thing, but sticking to your guns is another thing too. Um, and no matter what people say they think you should do or what you're doing, you're the artist at the end of the day. So you know what you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even on like a biological level, people can't know what, they don't know what you're thinking, you know. And if you have to do something this way so that later on, this other thing, makes more mm-hmm. sense or hits harder contextually, then do that. You know, if people yeah. aren't getting it in the beginning, don't don't mm-hmm. let them yeah. get to you. You know, um, you know, like I've there's so many times where people have kind of, um, and still, I mean, I'm sure we will as long as we're banned, but um, people. Th- think it's like i don't know if people think it's lame or weird or the color code you know um or sometimes i feel like people think we're trying too hard but i'm like i just it looks fun you know i like it and it's cool and it's exciting and it stands out it's memorable yeah. i like to think um but it's just yeah. how i how i want a band to look you know
0: the thing i like about the whole like color code is yeah like if people like it or don't like it they're always going to say something
2: there you go exactly that's yeah. a great point i never even thought of that so Absolutely. it's it's a talking piece yeah. no matter what. Yeah. You
1: guys definitely stand out when it comes to, like, the local music scene. Um, Oops, thank you. I would say you guys are probably the loudest.
2: That's also something that I <laughs> <was not laughs> always want to do.
1: That's good. Yeah. Um, that,
2: that's only because we want you, want you to hear us no matter
0: what.
3: Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: <laughs> but when it comes to – I feel like Lehigh Valley has a lot of local bands, you mm-hmm. know, Um. I mean, you guys do stand out, but like when it comes to booking shows and stuff, mm-hmm. um, do you feel like there is a lot of competition or is it more like support from other local bands?
3: Um,
2: I don't know. I think the Lehigh Valley has a cover band epidemic. Um, that's a big issue. So Lehigh yeah, Valley has not been a great place to start a band still isn't um and as whatever that whatever kind of opinion that may be i don't care <laughs> i'm I'm, st- I'm tired of it honestly mm-hmm. um and it's really discouraging to see a place that has so many awesome and cool venues um to have them be uh underutilized so that the owners can like make money short term by booking cover bands instead of giving original bands a shot you know and I've heard the argument so many times where it's like there's room for everyone and there's there's no limit I'm like yeah but that's bullshit because for every set that a cover band books that's a set that an original band is not getting so I don't understand how that's (laughs) you know what I mean Um, so that's that is a big problem in the area and I'm sure other local bands would at least maybe not openly but you know I would hope they do as they should because local bands deserve better so um, but You know, when it comes to support, though, I, you know, I kind of, I don't know, I don't really focus on that kind of thing, because being in a band, I always say, is like, it's incredibly difficult on its own, so we're just kind of, you know, I just like to focus on us, you know, I don't, I don't ask anything of other bands or other people, Um, uh, but I also, you know, I don't really go out of my way to help other bands but that's that's just how it is you know it's not that's not a good or bad thing yeah. um, I think it's you know just focus on yourself that's the that's all you really have as a human that's all you have the capacity to do if you'd yeah. like to get to a certain level as a band um, so I think whether or not support is there I think the support element is more b- should be more uh, between the bands and the venues rather than the bands themselves because yeah. you know a band can't get another band big unless okay. you know um so I think that is what people should focus on more. Um because it's all just about giving new bands opportunities and original art opportunity. So I think that's uh underutilized greatly in this area.
1: Do you have um a favorite show you've played in the Lehigh Valley specifically?
0: Um I know my
2: favorite show. But it was not in Lehigh Valley. Same. It's my favorite show. Also, um, is your first show? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, it's going to be a long time. <laughs> into, like, to, I hope not a long time, but I mean, like, it's a high bar. That was pretty unreal. That show. Like
0: we're definitely going to play shows. Yeah. That are.
2: That will have like more people. The, even? That will like, have more
0: people and stuff. Yeah, but like, like Just like the vibe of, the that, energy show, of that show. Was, oh, that having was people hanging out of apartment it, windows watching us from above us. Like
2: It was awesome.
0: Nothing is going to compare to that I I unless like we I, do something like that again. Yeah.
2: And that was, to give the venue credit, that was a, uh, unfortunately, it's no longer a thing. Groovier Street in Philadelphia. Um, I think we was, have a,
0: a small part in ending that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I think we actually do. We might be like the butterfly effect starter because we were the first band. That was loud enough to get the cops called, mm-hmm. and then the cops, then like, the cops started, the sur- yeah, and they started surveilling, and then it got shut down. So, yeah. hopefully not, but I don't know. Um, you didn't hear it from me, um, but in the Lehigh Valley, um, oh man, definitely. Uh, I can't excuse me. I can't think of one specifically, but it was most likely one at uh, Live at Thirteen, which was the venue. Again, that's sadly no longer. Active, uh, that Brady helped start with his good friend and our good friend Chris Kennedy. Um, because that place was always just had the most energy and it gave it, only original bands, it gave everyone a shot. Like, you didn't have to, mm-hmm. like, if you just, you know, their issue was they had too many people that wanted to play there, you know, which is always yeah. a good problem to have. Um, so if you got turned away, that was mostly your problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely. Whatever, because we've played there too many times for me to remember at this point, but um, there were definitely some, I think there was a Halloween show that we played one time that was really cool, and that was, I think that was the first time uh, we'd played the fall and the crowd sang the chorus with us, which is, that was a, definitely a highlight. It's
0: always something that's very, very nice. Yeah. And it's also um, very different, because like, from all the bands that I've been a part of, mm-hmm. like my my first band was a thrash metal band and nobody was singing the lyrics back to (laughs) the thrash metal band. Yeah. Especially when like the only ones that really know the music are the ones in the band. Yeah. But then like all my other bands like have really been just like cover bands from there. Mm -hmm. So like people sing along with that all the time Mm -hmm. but it's not really your music. Yeah. So it's different when people are singing along and it's like your own music. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, and that's that's partially why I like us to to leave covers out of our set is because you know. That way it only gets easier. You know, it doesn't get more difficult than going into a venue playing for people that don't know you. Yeah. And have no reason to like you. Yeah. You know, from the get go, if it's their time first time meet seeing or meeting you. And then you only play your own original music, you mm-hmm. know. So if you can do that, yeah. you know, if you can I mean even like if you can not fail at that, <laughs> then you're you're set, you
3: know.
1: Well, from your experience, what makes a band likable from like an audience point of view and also just like a venue point of view Mm -hmm. what makes the audience or the venue like want to listen to you again want to book you again
3: Mm -hmm.
2: well the most important thing is the quality of the songs 100% you can be like you know there are I'm always I, I always give the song the songs precedent over whatever is going on in the band you know there are bands that I can't stand not I just mean like in general like big bands that I can't stand but they have like three songs that I think are phenomenal songs and I'll be the first one to admit it you know so I'm I'm never I'll never uh, you know dislike something because I wanted this or like because I you know it's, it's, I I just if a song is good mm-hmm. a song is good um, so that's that's mandatory for sure because um, then other than if you don't have good songs and people want to keep booking you it, you're basically just a circus act or something you know you might be doing something novelty that they want to see again but it's so short term you know and it's it's tough to not f- fall into that because it's so immediately rewarding if you do a certain thing or yeah. a certain novelty you know or commit to something but it has no legs you know so you want to just you know bust your ass and write the best songs you can get good at playing the songs that's the other thing too um so just know what you're doing and play the songs to the best of your ability um and um yeah, I mean, don't waste anyone's time. That's another yeah. thing, too. I think, um. You In
1: know, my sp- mind, though, like, even if a band had, like, killer songs, mm-hmm. if they're not, like, personable. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Know, yeah, you don't want to be. I'm not going to want to. Uh, Do you mean, like, I'll on stage or just talking like, to them after? Yeah, or something. listening to music and s- seeing music live obviously are, like, completely different things. Mm-hmm. So what about like airspace and like your stage presence mm-hmm. and all of that do you think like draws the crowd?
2: Um, I just you know I just want to put on the best show that we can mm-hmm. and um, you know with if you're writing what I'm trying to label as exciting music you gotta perform it in an exciting way, you know? And, you know, if you're at the point where you can't afford lights or other means of display, you know, you gotta, you have to be the display. So just freaking out, losing your mind when appropriate, you know, depending on the song. <laughs> but for most of our songs, we can, you know, mm-hmm. kind of flip out, um, you know? I think um, just being entertaining to look at is one thing. But also, like, I'm trying to um, project excitement onto the audience as well like i want them to leave being like dude like i want them to feel pumped you know i want them to be pumped because i you know my favorite artists do that you know i remember um the first time i saw um one of my favorite musicians andrew wk he came out and he just had this aura to him Mm -hmm. he wasn't even playing yet and i was like oh my god i was so pumped and so excited Mm -hmm. and then the music just amplified that even more so so i think um you know, just being um, an exciting and enticing presence. You know, if you write more melancholy songs, then be a melancholy present. You know, you'd, whatever fits the right. song and really uh, amplifies the mm-hmm. the projection of the, yeah. the songs itself. You know,
1: I remember when I saw you guys on Halloween. I think at Temple, um, mm. that was like my first time going to one of your like that was a fun show. College shows mm-hmm. in a basement and.
0: You thought it was going to be something completely different. Than yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> in my mind, like your music is definitely like dance music, but all of these people were just like moshing, <laughs> and I was like, "That's really intense. I would mm-hmm. not do that." But so <laughs> I'm like, "All right, they're into yeah. it. They're very into it." Yeah. I mean, we
2: um, we definitely. I mean, we've talked about it. like whatever. Um, whenever we do play, we do try and modify the set to fit. You know, oh, like yeah, there's certain, yeah. like, if we're playing a half show, we're gonna play Crush because mm-hmm. that's basically a punk song. Um, we're gonna play, like, we're not gonna play Tillicum, you know, because that's not really, at least for the first part of it. Yeah. Um, it's just whatever audience you're playing to.
3: Mm hmm. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Fit the vibe. Um, and you wanna just, uh, re- just re- read, just reading the room, essentially, you know, is the best way to go. So, yeah, like you said, um, Know, if we're playing like the, like we played the Grape Room a couple months ago, and we we're playing that mm-hmm. again this month on June 24th. Um, if that's a more, you know, that's a crowd that's probably going to be like late 20s, early 30s, you know, we're not going to be like aiming towards punk songs, we'll play, uh, you know, like heavier or like more, yeah, quote unquote, or lack of a better term, like mature when, songs when I don't
1: it know. comes to like booking gigs, yeah. Um, are you trying to get into places that kind of have your target audience or are you just like wanting to get your music out there to as many people? Like, I'm sure, you know, like your audience, your yeah, age group that's yeah. going to like read the music the best, you know? Mm-hmm. So are you mostly like focused on getting the music to that group or is it just like, Hey, maybe these older people are going to like it. So let's yeah, us play I this mean, place.
2: Yeah. I mean, from the, when you're starting from, Scratch, you just kind of like when we played the tour last year, Uh played 15 shows, and most of them were house shows at colleges because I was like, I don't know who in the long run is going to really gravitate towards this music, but I know that college kids that are going to show up to this place to have a good time and listen to new music that they want to hear, I know they're going to like it or they're going to be into it at some point, you know, or in some way. So that was more like we had nothing to grasp onto yet. So that was like we'll throw this at the wall and see what sticks, and it does, it, and it worked because you know the majority of our listeners now are in Philadelphia, um, and I would assume they saw it. You know, they stayed after seeing us at one of those shows. Um, but now that we're you know we we're going up from the house shows, now we're focusing more on clubs. Um, that seems to be where it's kind of shifting because now our age demo, according to Spotify, you know, with what we have now. Um, I think our age, like their biggest age group is like 27 to 32 or something. So like I said, like late twenties, early thirties. So you want to, when you have nothing to go off of first, just, just think about being efficient. Um, and then from there stay efficient, but be even more efficient by going to the right people, you know? Um, and I always told Tyler and Brady, like, we're going to book all these shows, but I promise you, like, we're not going to do anything where no one shows up. Because I know what those like, I know when a show is going to be that way, and uh, you know, every once like we had the one because the weather was lame. That was unfortunate. we and people still showed up, but it wasn't yeah. what we were hoping for. Um, it was a you, good, you know to what I'm talking about. Was, yeah, exactly. It was. Shout out to those people. They were troopers for coming out to that show. <laughs> um, but you know, you gotta like for longevity and stamina, and um, and just being thoughtful of your bandmates. Even you know you got to avoid shows where you go and no one's going to show up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, and it's tough in the beginning, you know, you got to, you learn how to sense it. Um, But for the most part, you just want to go to places that, you know, people will show up and be excited and they'll be looking for new music Mm -hmm. and um, learn from there and then just target those people, you know?
1: I'm sure from, as many years as you've been playing live, mm-hmm. that there have been at least a few funny fail moments on stage. I think we all <laughs> have them. And I'm sure I try you not do to, too. I try not to Most mine it. are from School of Rock. Yeah, let's because I don't like to mess up with <laughs> my own shows. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, we don't want we've it, minimized though, it greatly. And there there's time. Yeah. Times yeah. Do you want to share maybe your most memorable sure. <laughs> moment?
2: Yeah, um oh, I think and it's early on, so luckily this is before the airspace era, but um oh man, I think yeah, I think probably the most memorable was we were playing at a, a venue in Allentown and um the power went out. Mm. And um you went from us playing as loud as we play to nothing and but luckily it was in uh the section of too loud to be human i'm i'm okay i'm okay like that bridge part and so our drummer i just told him to keep playing and i just like did that with just drums and i got the audience to sing with me Mm -hmm. and so i kind of played into that you know rolled with it as much as i could (laughs) yeah (laughs) with no music otherwise how long did that section end up being oh my god (laughs) it was like it was probably like 15, 20 seconds, but it felt like 10 minutes. (laughs) I didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, And luckily, my guitar came back after that and we finished it. So that was, you know, that was probably the scariest thing that's happened. Um, But I like to think that all the preparation and rehearsal, you know, Mm -hmm. allowed us to kind of roll with it. Um, And then there was also a time during Battle of the Bands where I stepped on, I, I added a pedal to my pedal board at that show. And so it was off to the side. And I put it on the wrong side because that's where my feet usually were, and I stepped on the cable, and I popped out in the middle of a battle of bands. Uh-huh. Um, it was fine. We've never Turned like out okay. fallen on stage. I have not. I have not. you <laughs> have <We've
1: laughs> never like. <laughs> I have so um.
2: Many
0: times. I. You um, never. Oh man. I so it it's more common from like what you do, like with like dance. Yeah,
1: I know. Oh, for sure. A lot, sure. One a lot time of like. Well, but I mean, I mean,
2: not necessarily because I'm just moving around like a yeah, like a like a nutcase. She's she's probably graceful and wonderful <laughs> at what she does, and I'm over there just moving and just yeah. trying not to trip on the thirty it's, wires. Yeah, there.
1: because you guys have like so in my mind, like props. You have so many instruments. <laughs> I all guess, I guess. When I'm like walking yeah. around, I trip on like all <laughs> of your cords. Yeah. <laughs> um. These so learn
0: where they
2: all are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I've had this one time this what this happened luckily just during a practice oh so bad we did this routine where we had these like huge boxes that people would be like inside of they're like wooden boxes and we were we've just moved them all over and i was moving them and it hit my toe Mm. and my nail just Oh, Ripped dude. in half. Oh, yeah. God. And it was <laughs> I hate <that>. But luckily, <laughs> the boxes were red and the blood <laughs> was red. Hell yeah. Was, yeah. The show must go on. W-
2: what was that? The show must go on. Yeah.
1: Was, um, that
0: was luckily, was, I've never... Um, really. You're sitting the whole time, so... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not, like, worrying about falling over, but, like, um... But you could
1: a stick with some sticks in the head. Oh, I hit myself,
0: like, in the head with sticks so much. But, like, at this point, like, I'm used to it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, one thing that I'm very happy I've never, like, had happened is, like, I hit my like one of my knuckles on like a piece of metal and I start bleeding all over because that's um, very that's very common for drummers. Yeah. But they'll like hit like the rim of one of the drums and it's just blood is going yeah, all I've, over the place.
2: I've played drums maybe five times in a show and it's happened every single time. <laughs> my you gotta
1: try like for one of your shows, put like paint, for, like an outside show probably. Yeah. Put like pink paint and like red paint on your drums, and then while you're playing, it goes everywhere. The only
0: time I would do that is if I was playing on <laughs> acrylic drums because. I don't want off. my drums to warp or rust, depending on what material okay, it is. Okay, well... And I don't have the money to just be like, oh, I'll just get a new drum if it gets warped or something. But um, would I-, I would say... I don't remember if I ever said it on here, but, like, um, my most, like, memorable fail was uh, at a School of Rock show. I, w- I wasn't playing drums. I was doing percussion. I was doing um, congas and bongos. And, um, like, you know how usually... Like they're on like the big congas are on like one stand that holds like both of them. Mm. So
2: they're I think both... I heard this on your mom's episode. Did oh, you really? About this on her episode? Maybe I. I or don't you just told remember. me. I don't... I don't... You probably told me. Maybe I just told you. I'm not sure, but um,
0: they had it. They had uh both of them on two separate stands, and they're just kind of like holding them on the bottom. Mm-hmm. But since there are two separate stands, the overall weight for each stand was a lot lighter, so they move around more, mm-hmm. and. All the congas and bongos were up on the drum riser, so there wasn't much space. So I was playing, and they were like moving around a little bit, moving around a little bit and then after a little bit, it was like halfway through the song. one of them the leg just goes over just a little bit, and then the whole thing falls over and it hits the bass player, oh my God <laughs> dude. and uh the bass player is my my friend- one of my one of my friends Daria, mm. and luckily it like didn't hit her enough to like knock her over was <laughs> oh it was, it was just like. Just to humbler a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. But it was it was so funny because like it fell, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do, so I just I was like, I just thought like ignore it. That didn't happen, so I just play on like like one one <laughs> conga for the rest of the song. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. after the sh- like after the uh, that song, like the, the director for that show was like, you played it off just fine. Like you just played on the one conga, just yep. it never happened, because mm-hmm. yeah. like. If I actually like, reacted to it, I would have thought like I have to stop playing. I have to pick it up and like fix it. It's yeah, like, don't do that. It's so, like let me just
2: let me just keep going. And if they <laughs> both fall, just clap. <laughs> Start playing your ties or something. Well, like, um, yeah, I don't want to end
0: up being like the people that are in like uh, classical shows where it's like, oh, they drop a mallet and they just walk off stage. Yeah, don't do that. It's so, like just just keep going. Yeah, exactly. Just roll with the. Punches. The show
2: must go on. Exactly. Dude. That's and that's fun too. I've had. Uh, yeah, I've had. Can we pause for one second? All right, we're back. We had a little potty break. Okay. I was trying to avoid that, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, it's, it's totally good. It's totally good. We could <laughs> have... I mean, whenever I have to use bathroom, I always just say, like, okay, well, I got to pee. Let me just pause it. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's the worst feeling. That happened when I was taking the Orange Theory class the other day. I peed beforehand, but I had uh, drank, like, a lot of water before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is my first time taking this fitness class. And I, it's like, go, go, go. There are no breaks. And I had to pee so bad. And I knew I had to pee within the first, like, 15 minutes. Ooh. And you it's one down. thing if you're, like, sitting, you know, you can hold it. But I had to be, like, running on the <laughs> treadmill and lifting weights. And I was like, oh, I really don't want to have to run to the bathroom right now. Uh, but it came to the point, I was like, yeah. I got to go. Working yeah. out and having to pee, that is, that's the worst. Yeah. Like, yeah,
0: whenever I have to do something, I have to use the bathroom. I feel like the more I try to do anything else, it just makes me holding my pee just get painful.
2: Yeah, yeah, for
3: it's
2: true. But anyway, <laughs> where <laughs> where <laughs> were, were we beforehand? With your story. Oh, with the uh, yeah, I think we had yeah. talked about our embarrassing uh, on-stage things, right?
1: Yeah. Were you gonna say something about? Uh, I
2: don't think so.
1: I thought you ended on like a. (laughs) Never mind. Um, If
2: if you
0: want to talk about stuff, yeah. If I if I like, um, I'll let you know. Like if it's touchy, we can still talk about it. But then if you want to like edit stuff out, (laughs) no, no, no. I I think I can edit small stuff. I think
2: she was saying right before I asked to pause. Yeah, I was saying something, but I forget what it was. Okay, okay. But um, but yeah. So that's the embarrassing. thing. Is
1: there anything touchy we could talk about? Give us some band drama stuff. Yeah, give us some band drama tea.
2: I don't. don't, Like I said, I don't. I don't think I have many or have much, um, because we. I don't know.
1: You stay in your own lane.
2: I guess. Yeah. For (laughs) we try not to try to just do our own thing. Try not to.
1: If you were offered a spot to play with a band that you don't enjoy either their music or who they are. Would you take it if it was a good venue?
2: Oh. That happens more often than it doesn't, I would say. Really? Like not that I, like I deliberately don't like. Yeah. It's just like that we don't necessarily pair well with. Yeah. yeah, that happens way more than it doesn't, I would say. Um because yeah, for you'll sure. See. Yeah, cuz I mean our our sets are set, you know.
1: Oh, so you you don't think that like the people you play with affect the the look of
2: you. I think once you get to a certain level, it does. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when you're just trying to get in front of people, no matter what, it's you don't have to worry. Like, yeah. you shouldn't worry about it, but you also don't have to because uh-huh. people are just like, I th- I think that's a, that's the a thing too that I've been trying to work on is like I try to really like POV the spectator because I'll stress about stuff that I'm like, oh, people are gonna think this, people are gonna think, so. and then I'm like, when I think about a band, that never crosses my mind. Yeah, you know, and you gotta like actually. It's so weird that sometimes we project thoughts or thought processes on the people that aren't natural. Yeah, but they feel natural when you're worrying about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't think um, people like at like house shows. Like we'll, we've played with like indie bands, uh, like metalcore bands, thrash bands, um, like oh god, like uh, like art rock band. Like it's it's all just like I feel like we've played with too many like. Indie indie bands. Well, that's just because that's so. That's what's popular now. Do you think it's yeah.
1: important to like play with people of your same category, or genre, as much just as
2: much think. as you can? Because that just that's more pleasant for the yeah. the audience. I feel like, know, yeah, I feel like that really better.
0: helps draw out like, the correct crowd.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I think what's like um. So I, I feel, feel like if like there's a big more.
0: mix of bands playing, yeah, like you might. Like, there might be a lot of people that are like, oh, I like this band specifically, but I feel like if there's like more bands that are playing the same thing, mm-hmm. people that like that specific type of music are more likely to just go there because they're like, oh, this is my music. Yeah, I guess. Then go to a place that has a mix of a bunch of music. So they're not yeah. like all the music, only like maybe one band.
2: Yeah, I'd say in the beginning, it's ideal but not mandatory. Mm-hmm. I guess the best way to think about it. You yeah. know?
1: Do you have a dream band to play with?
2: I mean, the Killers, for
3: sure. Mm-hmm.
2: All day. <laughs> yeah I mean Metallica Yeah Meta- I mean they so they're the great, the uh-huh. the big ones for sure but um you know we've played with Crobot that was pretty oh, unbelievable yes. um I still have to play with the full band at some point we're, yeah you were there with, yeah, Brandon. I was there Brandon. with Brandon. Brandon, Brandon Wash Brandon Wash you you yeah, know that's cool Yeah um I think I, I talked played, to uh, him
0: just for like a brief moment Oh you did Yeah that's like good. while we were setting up not like a like just like Oh uh, okay just like chatting with him. Well, I'm sure just we'll, like, we'll
2: see him again soon, I'm sure.
0: It was just banter while we were setting up and yeah. he was tearing down. Yeah,
2: hey, dude, he's your peer now, so. Yeah, it's no yeah. biggie. No big deal.
3: What
1: about so, I, didn't, I didn't
2: know he lived so close. Yeah, in uh, Pottsville, I think. Or, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say that. We should bleep I gotta
0: have him on here. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have him on here whenever, yeah, whenever he's done touring with, like, Steel Panthers or something yeah. like that.
1: Uh, what about a dream venue? Oh, man.
2: I mean, like, the top of the top is Wembley Stadium. That's the... I don't think it gets better. It doesn't get bigger. The moon is like maybe the next biggest. Thing, I, I, feel you know like, I, mean? I feel like Wembley Stadium is really good, like
0: size wise, but I feel like looks wise, I want to play yeah, Red yeah. Rocks.
2: Yeah. Oh. You play, oh, Red Rocks? Yeah. Red, Red Rocks, Rocks I think, awesome.
0: is the prettiest venue. That's a very good one. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. That's one I always forget about, but you're right. I mean, You've brought that up a couple of times. I agree. That's, that's up there for sure.
1: What about um, just like venues that you would like to play at? around this area.
3: Um
2: I don't know, we've played like uh What would you consider this the most area? of my
1: um I would say Live at thirteen like was my New number York, one New York, New Jersey, yeah. Oh okay the okay. so, like, tribute
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. I thought you meant Lehigh Valley. Um
1: I mean like not not like dream venues. I'm saying oh. like in the moment like
0: Oh in the moment?
1: Like what are bigger venues that you would enjoy I
0: would want. want to play Sherman Theater.
2: Yeah, Sherman Theaters are good. did you guys
0: play that? We play the Sherman, the Sherman Showcase. Showcase. Uh, so
2: yeah. It's like, owned by the
0: same company, just like the building right next door. Yeah, it's more of like a bar venue than like a
2: gotcha. theater Yeah, venue. just do, but, but, do, but both due to like location and how they operate, I think there are other places that are uh, like, they look similar in our nice theaters that I think would be I more fun. And I want to, to play, play a,
0: like a theater like that just because I feel like it would help us with our sound. I, like I agree. Yeah. With, like, mm-hmm. at like every show you play, people are like, you guys sound like you should be playing on a bigger stage. I hope but so. With, like, your sound and stuff. So, like, I feel like if you play in, like, an actual theater, people are going to be like, you sound so good.
1: When it comes to those kind of shows, is it – are you reaching out to them and it's just, like, hit or miss if they want to take you? Or is it, like, it's you have to so, have connections?
2: Yeah, it's so, like, beyond – inconsistent like it's there's an absolutely like it's almost like when you look at it on paper it's almost like an impossible task to like book shows that are like get like move forward in booking shows you know like in bumping up the like the stage you know um so it's like the first club show we played um i hadn't even started it was the last show we played of the first tour which was nice because I'm like, okay, cool. Now we'll send off to next year or whatever. And yeah. we'll play clubs now. Um, but that one, we got that because the, the guy, his name's Dylan. Uh, we're buddies now. He like, he just found us on Instagram. I think he said he saw like a recommended post or something. And he found us and he's like, you guys sound great. You sh- do you want to play this show? And I was like, hell yeah. And so that just came out of thin air. Like it was, I mean, obviously we lined up the stars the yeah. as, as, as much as we could by putting out, you mm-hmm. know, music that we are proud of and stuff. But, it's it's so tough to like um just cold call and and Mm -hmm. just even like having references is tough if you don't utilize them in the right way at the right time you know Mm -hmm. um so it's it's definitely i would say that's the hardest part of everything Mm -hmm. is is booking shows at least at this point
1: and i know you guys have a bunch of like just shows coming up Mm -hmm. but that's not any tour or anything that's just shit.
2: Yeah, no, we're just staying active. We're so just still we, playing shows. When you
1: drop the album, you're mm-hmm. going to
2: play in, like, a tour? Yeah, the, the most, as much as we can, yeah. I think, um, you know, the first tour that was kind of
1: – I
2: kind of booked the first half as it was going and then the second half as it was going, so it was a consistent momentum, uh-huh. thankfully, which worked out very well. Um, But, yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely, like, once we're closing in on finishing, it, I'm going to start um, really – buckling down on booking stuff so that we'll be able to play consistently mm-hmm. wherever, you know. I think we're gonna try and expand our radius now. Yeah. Um hopefully maybe get up to like Boston or something or that would be nice. Out to like D C or something cool like that. Mm-hmm. But um or maybe even like take a haul down to Florida or something. That could be fun. But we'll see. Um so yes, it will be alongside I just try, you know, um it's mostly like the whole, that old saying of, like, dress for the job you want, right? So even though we're not at a, like, a national touring level of, like, putting out singles so that it advertises the album on a national level or whatever, like, we're not at that point yet. We are getting, like, we are playing on national stations, but it's, you know, we, we're working to get the momentum. Right. But I'm acting as though we're already there mm-hmm. so that if it falls upon us or when it falls upon us, we're ready, you know? And it there's no, like, stumbling you know we're just we'll very be a very smooth Mm -hmm. transition you know um or at least like preparing mentally or as much as we can
1: how much of it do you think is putting in the work and how much do you think is just like getting lucky Um, when it comes when you see these like bands that are popping off out of thin air you know
2: yeah i mean one thing that yeah it's it's a hundred percent hard work and a hundred percent luck too. <laughs> like, it's um, so it's really just about maximizing your odds and do it like staying consistent mm-hmm. and being the best you can be. That's all you can control. Yeah. Um, so do that the best you can. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I'm so uh, hard, on, hard on the quality of how we play and the, what we record because that's like, we're going to have people try and say things about us and put us in certain lights and do things with us if we like you know um, that's going to happen no matter what level we're at so the stuff that we can control I'm going to make sure that we protect it and we do the best that we can with it Um, and then from there you kind of just you know have a stiff upper lip and just kick the world's ass as much as you can because that's what you got to do you know
1: so now oh man going forward what's next for airspace
2: um yeah I mean we're working on the second album Uh, we got some music videos more music videos coming Um, we're always staying active um you know I think um, I've if you don't see us on social media as much it's because I've purposefully switched back to if I have something to post I'll post it you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah with the second album the singles before that album And um, Just consistent shows As much as we can You know Just airspace being airspace
3: Sweet.
0: And working with uh, With Nick again
2: Yeah Our buddy Nick Murphy That was crazy Oh yeah uh, With the Against the Wind video And we're mm-hmm. Hopefully gonna do The uh, the next music video With him as well So If all things work out That'll be awesome
1: Do you have any Set dates For things to come out
2: Um, The next single Not quite We should have a set date soon um because we're getting pretty close to being yeah. done with that, I would say I, n- I know um, you had
0: like a rough deadline for it.
2: Yeah, I try to keep it like no more than a couple months between each mm-hmm. single so um
0: exact date though I feel like you can't really y- yeah not yet put
2: that until it's actually like done yeah, exactly so um
1: well how do you how do you decide? Like, how do you know it's done?
2: um I feel like a lot of it is just feeling like it. Yeah, both feeling, and then that's also where the, the self-implemented deadlines mm-hmm. come in. Like, sometimes I'll set a date. Like, say, that kind of came down to the wire, even though we were the only ones. Like, mm-hmm. April 22nd, that's when it's got to come out. I think, like, I posted that, like, too late, according to our distributor. They are like, you need at least two weeks, but we'll try, but hopefully it'll get it. Like, yeah. so we would push it to, to the line because I wanted to get it out on that date. Um, so... And, but sometimes I need that because then if if I don't have something else telling me it's done, then I'm going to just nitpick it mm-hmm. forever, you know. Um, so, you know, you get it to a certain point, like kind of a plateau where you know it's, this is like, to the average listener, this is great, you know, and, and worth checking the band out and listening to the band. But there's stuff within that that you as an artist, like, uh, wanna get the best out of so, like so if anyone that you admire hears it or something like oh, that's cool, you know, like yeah. so it's all just like thresholds, I guess,
1: and then album this year or next year,
2: um hopefully this year, but if we need to early next year, I'm hoping to get it out like November, um, but we I don't wanna rush anything, obviously, so um.
0: I feel like it'd be nice if we can get out in November and then kick start the new year with uh with like tour dates, yeah, and just. Start nice. from there. Mm-hmm,
2: I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Anything else to ask for that?
2: Guess the shows we have coming up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's do that separately. Let's see. What
0: What's it called? Who who put who posted the thing that said uh get us uh head and shoulders sponsorship?
2: Oh, that was the photographer from the
0: yeah. last show. Yeah, do I need I need that. I need that. Do you think
1: <laughs> all good musicians need to you have long hair? <laughs>
0: I, I guess, was say. I thought they were gonna say need to
2: use good shampoo.
3: Yeah, that's important.
2: Absolutely, yeah. good hygiene. That's a good one, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess not necessarily long hair. Maybe at some point in your life, it doesn't hurt to try mm-hmm. it out. Yeah.
0: I, f- I feel like long hair. I feel like long hair is. It's part of like the culture, but it's not necess- like a necessity.
3: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> it, yes. helps. Yeah. it helps. It yeah. helps. It helps yeah. helps establish establish you as like being like you're in a band that, yeah like you're in a band like if you got long hair people are already like all right it's just, there's something up mm-hmm. you know you don't just have long hair to have long yeah, hair and it keeps your ears warm yeah but like uh That's there something. are there are all a lot of bald people that are in like the rock and metal world mm-hmm. like uh well, old. Ka- carrie king the guitar player of slayer uh-huh. like devin townsend devin townsend <laughs> like these people make like such heavy music and they're bald Mm -hmm. And they still headbang like they got hair on them. Which
3: hurts, by the way.
2: Really? I don't know if you ever ever headbang without hair. It hurts, dude. Like, your hair, you don't realize, is, like, counterweighting your scalp. So when you headbang without it, your scalp just, like, throws back and forth. (laughs) And it hurts, dude. So hair, when it comes to headbanging, is a necessity, I would say.
1: (laughs) Have you always had long hair?
2: For, like, 95% of my life. Yeah, I cut it. um, I played baseball through high school. Um, and in Florida they were dumb and they asked me yeah. to cut my hair, so I did. And then uh, I cut it then And then I also worked at Hollister for a little bit, and they asked me to cut my hair too, which Hollister. that was a curveball. Yeah, I was like, I ha- I thought I had the mm, I look like I surf. <laughs> I have surfed, but not consistently. But I thought that would be kosher, but I guess not. Yeah. So right. I've had to cut it short twice, which was cringe. Oh, yeah. But I've cut my hair short.
1: That's why wa- I feel like that's not w- that should not be allowed. allowed
0: to say like I mean, you like, have to put your hair for this? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I
2: mean they said like you know they put it in like Hollister well, also has
1: yeah. those like they or they used to have like the topless models out front. That was them, right? The guys. The guys were yeah. topless. Yeah, yeah. Not, the, oh, really? not female <laughs> topless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Just for <laughs> just to specify. But yeah. that was Abercrombie and Hollister They,
3: they, the they other thing, have it color.
0: both with with tops on or both yeah. with no yeah. tops yeah. <laughs> on. Yeah.
3: Consistency, yeah. right? Yeah. It's about integrity.
0: All of them, no
1: clothes on. (laughs) Um, Do you have hobbies, or (laughs) what are your hobbies outside of (laughs) music?
2: Um, Oh man, I try to entertain them so I don't go crazy um, from working all the time. But uh, yeah, I uh, I collect. uh, I have a solid Nintendo collection. I collect Nintendo games, um, retro and modern. So I have, um, I think, about 350 games between all home consoles. Um, That's been my thing for a while. It's slowed down since the gaming market, the retro game market prices have shot through the roof, so I haven't been able to buy games consistently as much as I, I mean, I can but it's just it's so it's like stuff so yeah. overpriced it's ridiculous so on principle i've stopped buying games as much you gotta um, buy when they're low and sell when they're high i did dude for real i got into collecting like right at this last second that they were low um dude sell them all and buy yourself like three more guitars. i was gonna say my collect <laughs> my collection is like a good chunk of my net worth dude like it's it's up there like i went back and calculated it a while ago and it's you know it's beefy but um so that um playing a lot of tennis recently um try to you know stay active in anything I got into painting recently as well i want oh, really I want to paint more yeah um I've only done two pieces, but um uh-huh. I want to do that more
0: i've have, I have a bunch of uh, pieces up in my room did you paint this? I uh, me and Maggie both painted it. nice I like that that's not my style though that's more of her her style that's like more of her creative mind. That's cool. My creative like mind is very abstract. Mm-hmm. I like uh, random movements until the picture comes to me when, Ooh, cool. when the movements are done. That's rad. I, like like, that. I, I kind of like drumming, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> like like when I draw, I don't draw with a picture in mind. I draw, on the picture of what I drew comes to me after I draw it.
3: Mm. Wow,
1: that's yeah, that's so cool. Deep.
0: Wow. I I have one, I have one painting. Like I would say. All my paintings are pretty bad. <laughs>
2: well, that's subjective, Tyler. Well, oh, I,
0: I, I have one painting <laughs> that's, like, pretty decent because I took it in a painting class, and they literally walked me through every step.
2: Okay, well, we don't have to know
1: that. So then, you don't have to tell I feel like, <laughs> I feel like...
0: But uh, it, that's, like, one good painting, but then, like, one, like, good by myself. Okay. And it's, it's super weird. Well, just keep it's doing like a, it. And then you'll get... I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, show you afterwards. Yeah,
2: please, because m- most of it's just, like, even, like, with music it's just the more you do it the more you realize what you want to do and like you have to practice what your artistic thing is you know yeah um like the things i painted there i still i'm you know it's not uh to the standard i'd like it to be exactly but i'm happy with them but they're like it's these two shapes that i've been drawing mindlessly since i was a kid and i just turn them i use them as like the focal point um but and then of course i i'm gonna make i have two paintings right now um and I'm gonna make two more because I bought the airspace colors in paint and I'm going to like I have to make four with where each color is the background color or the backdrop color. So I've done orange and red. I did I threw yellow in there, but instead of purple, but uh so I have to complete that collection, I guess, but that's what I'm working on right now.
1: <laughs> so would you say that like you feel that, like, in life you're meant to be a musician?
2: I, th- I think so. At least, um, yeah, I mean, yes. But as I've gotten, you know, I kind of am more drawn to just being an artist mm-hmm. and that I'm idea. I'm more
0: drawn to, to just art in many forms. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like music is what I'm good at, but, like, I like art in all um, forms.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to kind of broaden my visual...
0: If I had to choose like, another form of art to like really do, I, I could so do painting. Painting is so therapeutic.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I, I could just sit I, and paint I, for like five hours and I would just I be totally fine with it.
1: When it comes to like drawing and painting, I think that is like a born talent in my mind. Like I have a lot of. People can learn. Yes. But I feel like...
0: There are people that just, like, could just draw... Just,
1: like, understand it. And I feel like it's genetic. But I... Because uh, my... um My one uncle is an artist. And... Um, he just makes... He could draw, like, anything. Like, give him anything and, like, a piece of paper. And he just draws everything. My mom is also very artistic but like she has to have like an idea like a picture in mind she could really recreate it both of my brothers very good uh artists like sam sam was gonna go to art school if he didn't go to the military he was going to art school really yeah and then ben is like the best out of my family he's insane but then my dad is like the least artistic person you'd ever meet i want to see that man try to paint something
0: that'd be so funny (laughs) i
1: would say i got my dad's jeans (laughs) and <laughs> my brother's got my mom's genes when it comes you're to You're a good right painter.
2: Um, I think, but I think you're t- like kind of assuming a certain style, though, right? Because I, I think, yeah. what, like we were talking about being a musician, right? Yeah. I think in painting, it's a lot more acceptable to be an abstract artist, you know? Mm-hmm. And physically, abstract is a significantly easier yeah. than you know because you don't have to be good at it or just like <laughs> painting portraits or even like realism or whatever yeah. um so that end of it i think yeah. is definitely like genetic and you need to be a certain level yeah. but i think you know um i tend to lean towards abstract as well so it's but i i do have like a vi- like a thing and yeah. like a goal that but i want
1: yeah i feel like i feel this way about a lot of artistic um fields pretty much everyone I feel like there's like just something in you that like draws you to like do it, and so I feel like artists are in a lot of ways born. I feel like when it comes to other like STEM, anyone could be a scientist, and like if you apply yourself hard enough, Hmm. you could do like any of those. I was, be a yeah. I was going to be a scientist. I was going to be a scientist. But then I found avenues. out it's way too
0: expensive for me. <laughs> I wanted to go into uh, astrophysics. But then it's like you need a doctorate. And like yeah. mm-hmm. every school that like offers astrophysics is like really expensive. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to have debt till I'm 60. Yeah.
1: God. Good choice. Yeah.
0: So drums is easier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I feel like.
0: A caveman can play drums.
1: With a lot of those fields you could you could dedicate yourself and learn it with a lot of artistic fields I feel like you're just drawn to it it's different Mm -hmm. at least I've seen it with like my siblings and I like what we've started out like doing when we were like two and three years old we've stuck with it our entire lives Mm -hmm. you know and like yeah we like ventured off I guess and we've explored different things but like I don't know I feel like people have like a calling to do different things like if you like what your mom said like you mm-hmm. always had drumsticks in your hand or like you always had those fingers for drum- uh,
0: yeah I, these fingers they've <laughs> always been here these fingers <laughs> yeah I hope so I, I always move my hands yeah
2: yeah no yeah. I, I agree with you. like you know I mean there, there are a lot of things like whether it's um, you know some people take in certain senses more than other Mm -hmm. people. So that might lead them down something. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I think, um, I think what you're talking about though, a lot of people that tend to be artists, I, you know, I'm, I've been working on it, but I like when someone's really prolific and they're just constantly like, just putting, Mm -hmm. like doing something, you know what Mm I mean? Um, I'm trying to push all my racing thoughts aside so that I can focus on like, creating more consistently, but, um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Like, sometimes they just have to get it out, Yeah, you know, and it's more like a necessity. Yeah. Um, And maybe that element is, like, a sliding scale thing, like mm-hmm. we said, but, um, but yeah, I, I I agree with what you're saying.
1: Like, if you took a mathematician and you're like, you can't study math anymore, mm-hmm. they're
2: not
1: going to be like, no, no, I need well, it. Well, I mean,
2: some no, people I might, you know, if, like, your brain operates that way and you I, view the world that w- at such a level, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes, you know.
1: I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions yeah, to everything yeah, yeah, we're yeah, saying. Yeah. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Though. I I think like oh, I'm very oh. I I'm very academic and I like love learning. I'm a woman in STEM. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and I love um, learning about all that. But I obviously I don't like crave it. But I feel like like if you were to be like you can't play drums for like a few months, you would be like I can't do that. Mm.
0: I mean, if you told me I can't play drums, I would play drums.
2: Cut your you have to cut his hands off.
0: Yeah, like, like if I can't physically play on my drums, I will play on something. I always
2: tell my drum students, you, there's no excuse to not practice because you have a kit with you wherever you go. It's yeah. your lap. So, you I, know, when you're learning fundamental stuff, you can always practice.
1: I feel like I've never seen you do the, the, the pen thing.
0: What pen
2: thing?
1: Like, yeah, I know you're pen about. tapping. Or, like... <laughs> you know what I'm talking
0: about? I know what you're no, talking about. No, because don't yeah. uh, don't. I don't practice with pens. I practice on the actual kit. <laughs> <laughs> All so right, so well, you should be good. <laughs>
1: Take it easy. If we got a, if we got a pen, I feel like. Be I mean,
0: also, like, I have played on like desks and stuff with pens and pencils, but the thing is, like, mm-hmm. I I play pretty hard, and when you're playing when you're tapping the heart of the pencil or pen, they tend to break, so I just use my fingers because no, those don't break.
1: <laughs> I mean, they do. <laughs> I mean, when, when, I'm, like, when
0: I'm like tapping like that, like I'm not going to break my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does that sound great? How does that
2: sound at home?
1: People used to do that in like middle school all the time. All the time on desks. Oh, I used kick. to do it
0: on desks all yeah, the I time. Did too. The I did that too. What I, what I would do, though, I wouldn't just tap. still do. I would put my whole hand down, and I would like change the cupping of it so it makes different sounds. Nice. So like, if I got like the right pop, it would like really pop, <laughs> and like everybody would look at me and be like, "Like, what just happened?" i be yeah. like, "I'm just, I'm just drumming." Like, I just, just got music me, in my dude. head. Let me live. I feel like I have music in my head all the time. Me too. Okay. I, I
1: did you know people like don't have internal dialogues?
0: Yeah. Yes. That's I it, it's. Dude, they I, not I, have I, music I, in their head. I learned then? about that. Nope. I feel like that's different. I, feel, I don't know. No, I mean... I learned I learned about that, like, a year ago, and it blew my mind, because, like, when I think about stuff, like, I have, like, a voice in my head that, like, thinks what I'm thinking of. It's like, it's, like, saying what I'm thinking
2: of. Yeah, it's saying it to you.
0: Yeah. And, like, something, like, learning that, like, people, not all people, like, have that, like, internal voice, I, like, that made me trip out so much. Yeah. I was, like, so what do they have? Just emptiness? Mm-hmm. I was
2: joking. I think I was talking to you or a buddy of mine about it like with the songs in your head I have like layers of that I have like a song stuck in my head like this month or this week or whatever then I have one that's been stuck in my head for like a year then one that's been stuck in my head since I was like 15 like it's all and like they'll all surface at some Uh, point but I'm always like the one that I've had in my head since I was 15 is the the guitar hook from uh, Icky Thump by the White Stripes mm. that has been in my head for (laughs) 10 years and it will. I don't see it leaving anytime soon. Yeah. Luckily, it's it's a great riff, so I'm, <laughs> it's convenient. But Luckily, I don't, there's always, stuff. I don't stick to
0: one like that long. Yeah, it's it's like it's buried in there.
2: but yeah. like the top one right now is Lola Montez. Obviously, as you yeah, know. like um,
0: I, I definitely like I I I like uh, go through different songs that are stuck in my head like daily. Like yeah, and it'll yeah. be like way different. Like I'll be like, okay, like I have Scavenger of Human Sorrow by Death stuck in my head. The next day, I'm like. Dude, value by, like, um, Amy Winehouse is stuck mm-hmm. in my head. And I'll be like, oh, like, why why is he by Rush? Mm-hmm. But most of the time when I have, like, music stuck in my head, mm-hmm. it's not actual songs. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like... Just riffing? Yeah, it's just like...
2: <laughs> Damn, uh, like, that ma-
0: sounds ma- like a nightmare. Mainly, mainly you, it's like... Awful. It's like, basically, it's like... Imagine, <laughs> like it's imagine, imagine in being in the process of writing a song, but in your head constantly. Yeah, I... Uh... And, like, the thing, like, the, excuse me. Sometimes, like, uh, I'll be like, oh, that sounds so cool. And I'm like. I mean, yeah,
2: that's how you write stuff. But I can, like, tap into it. Yeah, like, like shut it but, off.
0: but, like, something that sucks is, like, when it's, like, most of the time, like, always hearing, like, uh, new, like, parts. Like, for me, it's mainly drums. Just, cause like, yeah, that's what I focus on. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that drum part sounds so cool. And mm-hmm. then, like, five minutes later, I'm like, I don't remember it.
2: Yeah, so you gotta get it down.
0: Yeah. I, I used to do that a lot. I used to, like, when it, when it would, like, Start happening in my head I'd be like Alright I'm, I'm playing it on repeat That same part Over and over again And I would yeah. Write it out On, on sheet paper mm-hmm. That's a really good bonus About knowing how to Read and write On a sheet music was, yeah. You can write it down And forget about it And look at it And know what it is mm-hmm. I agree And also when you're writing For my first uh, Band It was like Technical Thrash Death metal <laughs> When you're playing that stuff, it makes it much easier to write it down than just be like, okay, I'll remember it. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. To end us out, let's all share our favorite song at the moment. Chris, you can go first. I
0: thought you were supposed to do this every episode in the beginning. I know. I <laughs> you, you did it for the first episode and then didn't do it um, anymore.
2: <laughs> favorite that I'm listening to, definitely uh, Lola Montez by Volbeat. Oh, I haven't liked the song that much in a long time.
0: Speaking of songs, uh, she's having a bir- like the birthday party thing. I was gonna
2: say, yeah, we play your party.
1: Yeah.
0: Hell yeah! And um, she she wants be... us to learn um, uh, the song, my
1: body by my Owen. body by Young
0: the Giant, but Volbeat has a cover. So if you want to listen to that one, it's, it's, okay. they literally cover it note for note, like it's dead on. So if you want to listen to that one, if it's more enjoyable for you, okay, you can Check listen to it it. I think That's it's off nice. the same album as Lola Montez as well, cool. so it's mixed and sounds the same.
2: Nice. Um, what's yours Maggie
1: you um, go first
0: I don't really have a song but I would say the, like an album that I'm listening oh. to right now is um, Avenged Sevenfold just put out a new album today yeah I heard about that and um it's so different it's like they added like a very like techno mm-hmm. theme to it.
2: Mm-hmm. it it was wacky it
0: is, to, quote, it, to quote Adam it is it wacky. absolutely bonkers dude yeah. but um like, the whole, like, techno aspect is so cool. They have, like, 808s with some of, like, the, the kick drums and stuff. And it makes it sound so cool.
1: Wow. All right. My favorite song at the moment. <clears throat> it's by the National Parks. It's called Wildflower. Hmm. I'm sure none of you know it. But if you want to look it up, if you like granola music, you'll like Granola it. music? Granola.
2: Is that, a, is that like, <laughs> the...
1: It's, like, it's...
2: The colloquial do you know what, term? like a granola girl. Colloquial is. term, sorry, <laughs> tripped over my tongue. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like,
1: yeah, it's like the the most popular one would be like camp, you know, camp
2: band, or just like the genre.
1: No, like the, the singer camp.
2: Oh, so I guess not. No, I guess. <laughs> it's like
1: do you know the Lumineers? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like the big yeah. one. Like they're the granola eat. Mm-hmm.
2: Millennial yeah. core. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And I don't mean that negatively or positively. That's just what I think of.
0: All right. We ready to wrap it up? Yep. All right. See everybody. <laughs>